Hi. How is everyone? Yeah. Welcome to Something Seems Queer. Yes, it a does. A podcast that mm-hmm. we talk about strange things. The oddities of life. Mm-hmm. With two queer gals. That's right. And this is Stephanie. And I am Angela. And uh, we're on our second episode. We are. And it is storming out. And mm-hmm. the mood is setting for spooky stories. Yes. I'm hoping also we have a cat at some point that might meow. Maybe. If you're mm-hmm. lucky. Um, it might be a silent meow, though. So. That would add to the creepiness. It will, yeah. So I'm enjoying a lovely beverage. What is it? Um, it's called Kinky Cocktails Blue. And I do need to tell you what the little um, thing is on the back. I'm sure you didn't read it. No. Um, it says, a fiercely yum blend of natural <laughs> wild berry and mango flavors. That's so good. It's naughty. Oh, brother. It's delicious, though. And I'm drinking a Two Chicks Gin Apple and Cucumber Cocktail. It's pretty good. You don't have a cute little saying on the back of yours? Mm-mm. You lose. I do like my gin, though, so. Well, I'm going first today. What? I mean, you went first last time, and I'm really stoked about this one. Okay. So I'm going first. So we um haven't been telling each other what our things are going to be. Um, It's going to be fun, because she has no idea what I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So um, if we backtrack a couple of years ago, I think like four years ago, um, I was in Europe. Mm-hmm. And when I was in Europe, I was in a Paris, France for one of my stops. And I didn't get to do one of the things I was dying to do. And that was go to the catacombs. The catacombs! Yes. Um, I, uh, Ooh, we, I'm excited. Yeah, we went there during um, Bastille Day, which uh, is like their equivalent of the 4th of July. Uh-huh. And as a very stupid American that I am, I did not connect the fact that that would mean that things wouldn't be open. Right. Yeah. I mean, right, obviously, yes, but no, I didn't even think of that at the time. So guess what? I did not get to do most of the things I wanted to do. But that's okay. Um, I also got to see some beautiful fireworks by the Eiffel Tower. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the catacombs and how they became the catacombs. And I will talk about, too, some spooky spookers as well. But um, I actually just thought it was really cool about why they became the catacombs. Uh So that's more of what my story is about, because I think that's just kind of weird and creepy in itself. So um, I will tell you that I have a couple of sources that I looked at. There was a website called The Tour Guide. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Tour Guy. It was a dude. Guy? Guy, yeah, like G-U-Y. Um, the Smithsonian Magazine. A little bit of Wikipedia just to cover my bases. Mm-hmm. And then there was a um, Top Tens video on YouTube that I watched. Okay. That was all about the catacombs and some fun, fun facts about them. Basically, what happened was uh, in the 17th century, they realized that there were way too many people buried in the city limits in Paris. So just like in general, like in the cemeteries or yes, in the cemeteries, they they did have cemeteries. Yeah. So there were just like too many. Um, because, I mean, if you think about it at this point now, what, it's the 17th century, how many people were buried there. And they and it says that then in the end of the 18th century, there was a 6.6 foot mound in this giant cemetery of all dead bodies below it. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean, they had obviously issues that I'm assuming they didn't really bury them the best like they do now. Um, but uh, did they bury them in caskets? Still? I know that's a stupid oh, yeah. question. Or did they just kind of put them in there? Well... You know, I'll answer that. I guess I can answer that when I get a little further. I can okay. I can add a little a little into that. So basically, um, the city's oldest and biggest cemetery uh, was the first to have a bunch of complaints saying, "Dude, we don't like this. 
Okay. Okay. Their problem was, and I quote, the cemetery exuded a strong smell of decomposing flesh. So, hold on. So they were buried, but they could smell that it was decomposing? I mean, because they were, like, coming up and stuff like that, because they're just, like, I don't think they were buried very like well. Like in shallow graves. Yeah. Okay. And then things would happen, mm-hmm. um, which I'll actually, I'll, I'll tell you about in a minute. Okay. So um, in 1763, King Louis the fifteenth issued an order that there was no more burying people within the city limits. So they had to be buried without the city limits or out of the city limits. Sorry. But here's the thing. He didn't do anything about all of those rotting corpses that were there already. Mm-hmm. They just stayed there. Reason being is because the almighty church said, well, don't be moving my bodies. Don't be touching my dead. Leave them be. And that makes sense, I guess. It does. But also there was a problem because in 1780, Louis XVI, actually, uh, the next king, mm-hmm. said, oh my God, I have to do something about this. And do you know why? Because of the rotting body smell? Well, yeah, but there was a big, huge rainfall mm-hmm. and the walls of that biggest cemetery collapsed and corpses were spilling out into the neighborhoods of all of the other areas because <laughs> they so were just gross. there. And because of the rains and everything, and it had said it was a prolonged rain. Mm-hmm. So they were just a floating around, I guess. So, uh, or coming down the road. I'm not really sure. But either way, uh, it sounded gross. So mm-hmm. Louis XVI's like, I better do something. So I'm going to get my king's architect out here. Let's figure something out. And he says, hey, we got these tunnels below Paris. Well, why were there already tunnels below there? I mean, because they were getting limestone because there were quarries below. So they have quarries then down there. uh, And those were, um, uh, they weren't separated though. They weren't like all put together. So what the French architect did is he mapped them out and then connected them. And that means then that there are actually 200 miles of tunnels below uh, Paris that you can actually, well, you can't go in, but like that exist. Um, And the only part that people actually see and can be in, there's, it's only a little bit over a mile. And that's what people really think of as the catacombs because that's where like you can see the bones and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, When they did end up finishing up the tunnels and everything, it took them two years to get all the bones down into the tunnels. So in order to do that, uh, they didn't just like say, sounds good. And they're walking around with skeletons and stuff like that, having fun. <laughs> uh, what they basically... Walking around with skeletons, having fun. I mean, I, I, that might be what I would think of doing. But actually, they, they did it at night to, for people because they thought it would be, um, I guess, better if people didn't see the dead I mean, uh, being moved. I suppose. Yeah, they did it in a covered wig. And it was actually pretty, it was pretty... Um, discreet. Yes, discreet and appropriate um, because, well, it was kind of a weird thing. But what they did do then is um, because there were several cemeteries that they did, it wasn't just that really big one. Um, they did group each of the, the the skeleton bones in in certain areas, and then they were also like some of them are pretty, mm-hmm. so they have them stacked really nice and neat, or they're like put in a, a symbol of some sort, like a cross or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and different patterns that they have. So. I mean, that's kind of how they became the catacombs. There are a lot of skeletons down there, though. Right. Do you know how many you said? Uh, Yeah, there's a lot. So, I mean, it's been many a years. So um, over the years, it ended up being six million 
bodies that they figured were down there. Now, not all of them were moved from up in the city at the time that they did it, mm-hmm. um, because around the time that they were doing this, um, they actually had to stop for a little while because it was the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, they used the catacombs, um, the other tunnel parts, to as like their bunkers. As a matter of fact, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So, um, but uh, there were obviously people that died during the French Revolution. So there right. are a couple of like the famous French Revolutionary people buried down there, and they do talk about that. Um, if you want to take a gander and look that up. So as I said, there's only a little bit of area that visitors can actually go into. You're like allowed to pay and you go down and that's what mm-hmm. I was going to go see. I was super stoked about it. Right. But the rest of it is actually like totes illegal. You can't go in there. Okay. But we all know that people do. And who are those people? The cataphiles. The cataphiles? Yeah, they call them cataphiles because they <laughs> like themselves to the catacombs. Do they call themselves cataphiles? I mean, or I were think they labeled so. cataphiles? I mean, uh, well, that's a, ooh, I'm not sure. They do like the catacombs and it kind of makes, that's, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. So they go down there and they do things. They'll hang out there on the weekends and stuff like that. Obviously, like, it is illegal, but they still do it. There are homeless people that live there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people that go down there anyways. They also, in the rest of the tunnels, uh, people people have parties. So they have um, a party such as uh, 300 people that got busted down there. I don't know how 300 people in a tunnel sounds like a good plan. Right. But whatever. And then basically my thought is, is how does the Cataween sound? Can you go check on your cat? I'm sorry. Hold on one second. <laughs> Cataween. Stew on that. Okay, so you're talking about Cataween and now that... Oh, yes. What is Cataween? Cataween is when they spend a Halloween down in the catacombs. That's very spooky. Yes, yeah. Um, it just sounds fun and, a, you know, just have a spooky place to do it. Yeah. You know. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about some of the kind of scary things now. Okay, I'm okay. excited about this. Okay, okay. So those cataphiles in like, um, it said the 2010s, uh, they found a video camera from the early 1990s hanging out down there and there was footage and they could watch it is the footage like anywhere on the internet you know what i don't know because i didn't look which i'm sure you're thinking how did you not look (laughs) i i believe in the beginning of this discussion i said i was more interested in why the catacombs became the catacombs so that's why i didn't look and that's that's why this is a slightly a poor poor amount of creepy scaries because I just feel like the catacombs are creepy, scary in themselves. I don't I mean, feel that's like this true. means they additional. Are very, um... I just think it's spooky. Yeah. And cool all at the same time. So when they did watch this footage, what they heard was just some like spooky noises. It was scary. They didn't like it. And mm-hmm. the cameraman, whom they didn't actually see, but they could hear that it sounded like he was basically just going mad while he was down there. Because he... Was it just the cameraman? Yes, it was only the cameraman. Okay. And he was, like, filming whatever, and he was talking, um, and he was just... He was lost. So it was really, you know, nobody knew what was going on and whatnot. But the, the thing that was interesting is that it just abruptly stopped. Ugh, that's so gross. Yeah, and no one knows who this guy is. No one knows if he's okay. No one knows what's going on. I don't know how I feel about that one, because... Why would they all of a sudden find this? Like, I don't know. I feel like it was, I don't know. Seems a little planted. Well, I mean, it does seem a little planted if it took them until 2010. And, like, people have been down there. Yeah. But also, I mean, stranger things have happened, so. Well, let's talk about one that I liked the best. We're going to talk about the ghost of Philibert Esper. 
I don't know. There's a T at the end. I told you guys I don't know French. Um, so we'll just go with it. Okay. I'm going to call him Philibert because I like that Philibert. name. Philibert. Yeah. I also like that name. I think it's cool. So he was actually a doorman at the hospital during the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. And now the hospital, I'm going to guess, is somewhere in the vicinity of the catacombs. Right. Because everybody was kind of confused, actually, as to how he got down there. But this is the story. It's said that he went down, he had to go down to, like, the cellar mm-hmm. to get liquor. But somehow he ended up in the catacombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that face how? is very appropriate. I don't know, and I didn't understand myself, and I just said sounds good. How do you think you're going down to a cellar that oh, I'm sure you've been to? I will say he was he probably, was probably drunk already, to be oh. honest. I'm going to give him that. But also, I just assumed that they were, yeah, I don't know. Because I wouldn't you be spooked when he went down there and they're all like, you know, But I mean, it, yeah, if he was drunk, I mean. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to say. Um, and then also, because it was like the late 1700s, mm-hmm. he was hanging out with a candle. And obviously, at some point, that candle had to have gone out. And so he was in the pitch black in the catacombs, which are a maze tunnel in itself. Yeah. He didn't come out alive. Um, His body was discovered 11 years later, though. I'm not sure why it took so long. Well, that's what I'm like. That's another weird thing. But I, uh, part of me thinks it's maybe just in a really weird spot. Right. Um, because you have to remember, again, like this was the 1800s, like the early 1800s and probably by the time that they found it, if I do my math. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm guessing they weren't like hanging out down there at that time. Yeah. People really didn't think anything of it when they first did this, like first had the catacombs. People mm-hmm. didn't think it was like a cool attraction. Right. Well, <laughs> it wasn't until yeah. later that they thought it was kind of cool. Uh, when they found him, though, they did bury him right where they found him. And so he does have a um, headstone of some sort um, that basically states who he is and things like that. Um, and they do have some like stones and things like that throughout. Um, but Honestly, a lot of them were taken and stolen because it was the French Revolution. Yeah. So they don't have a lot of cool headstones and things like that. But here's where it gets good. There's legend about him. Yeah. Yes. And legend states that on November 3rd, every year, he comes out to roam through the catacombs. Just on one night? Just on one night. Because guess what? What? November 3rd was that fateful day that he went looking for that liquor. It's the day he went missing. So he goes Roman. Hmm. I know. All right. And I have a one more for you. Okay. One more spooky One more spooky. Spooky tale. It's called The Secret Hideout. Go go on. I'm intrigued. Okay. 2004. Oh, okay. I know. Police officers found some really weird stuff down in the catacombs in this restricted area where visitors weren't allowed. Okay. So this was part of the 200 miles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... What they found was uh, when they, like, walked in, like, all of a sudden they heard dogs barking. Okay. And they were like, uh. So there was a PA system that had pre-recorded dog barks so that when a motion sensor went off, it would bark. Weird. And it also started recording whatever was going on. They could see record or um, uh, cameras recording them. Um, there was also a PA system that also had to be, like, you know, electrically wired. Yeah. There ain't no electric wiring down there. Well, there was in this area because somebody had put electrical wire down there. They also had a bar, a living room, Stop. a restaurant with chairs. <laughs> they had, had a, a whole setup. They had a movie theater complete with 20 chairs carved out of stone from the catacombs. So obviously that was a little weird. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah. So what happened was then is that the police came back 
a couple uh, days later, everything was gone. Except for a note that basically just said, don't look for us. You're not going to find us. Sounds good. I have a lot of questions. So a group called Urban Experiment that actually like um, fixes up things and does things in Paris. Mm -hmm. It's like the secret group. They ended up taking responsibility for doing it. It, It's not too spooky. Oh, that's really cool. But it's also cool. I thought that was really neat too. Um, They also said that like after midnight, what happens is that you should not go in the catacombs then because you hear voices. And do you know what those voices tell you? Something spooky. They tell you to go deeper and deeper into the catacombs. Yeah, that seems right. Right. Mm-hmm, because they want you to get lost. Yeah, that seems right. That's. I mean, that's yeah. what it does. So Don't my love it. my last my last little tidbit for you is that there is an inscription above the doorway before you enter the um the area the catacombs and it says stop. This is the empire of death. So. I'm just shaking my. I don't like that. Okay. But- that's that's what I got for you guys. That that's, was interesting. That's what I got for you guys, gals, know. and all y'all. A lot of that. Yeah. I didn't realize, I guess, why the catacombs were. I just knew that they were. Oh, they also do say that satanic cults are down there and doing satanic culty things. Mm-hmm. There isn't a whole lot of evidence for this, but I'm sure it's done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. yeah, that checks out. And I'm also quite certain that there are more ghostly, scary, spooky things. It's just that um, I didn't find them when I was digging. So I think it's your turn. So this week I am doing... What you doing? The Goat Man of Maryland. Ooh. Is that um, literally a goat man? Well, you will hear about it. Okay. I got my information from Exemplore.com and a YouTube channel called Beside the Dying Fire. Ooh, that sounds like a good YouTube channel name. Yeah, it's actually, they have like creature feature stuff. It's really neat. So the goat man is a creature that is said to patrol the woods off of Fletcher Town Road in Bowie, Maryland. He stands six to seven feet tall and weighs about 350 pounds. Okay. A biggin'. Yeah. Okay. All right. His feet and legs are goat-like and then his torso is human. Okay. And then his head is a goat. Oh. I actually, I I, pulled up a picture on my phone. I just have to say that that is not what I thought you were going to say. I was kind of thinking about that guy that's on that commercial, you know, for that, um, what is that, Old Spice or something? That's, can we not? I'm not even joking. Please don't show me that. I'm going to put that on our Instagram page so people can see it. Uh, There's two main theories on how the goat man came to be the goat man. The first theory is that an old, lonely goat herder went to bed one night and a bunch of teens came and slaughtered his entire herd. Oh. He woke up the next morning devastated, obviously, because that's all he had. Mm -hmm. And he performed a ritual to try to bring them back to life. I don't like that. And the saying is that it went terribly wrong, which then turned him into a goat-human hybrid creature. And they also say this is probably why he targets teens. That would totally make sense. Mostly. Because it's said that the goat man tends to go to Lover's Lane and things like that to target teens. Mm -hmm. But it also could be because teens seek it out the most. That's a good point on that as well. Yeah. And then the second theory, which is the most popular theory, is that it was a result of a science experiment. (laughs) 
I wasn't sure because I liked the first idea. Yeah. So I wasn't sure where that one was going to go. Okay, a science experiment. Okay. So it said that the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center performed an experiment uh, where Dr. Stephen Fletcher was said to have crossed his assistant, William Lotsford, DNA with a goat. Huh. And obviously... Then we got the goat When you're trying to cross human DNA and animal DNA, it's not really... I'm not sure. It's not it. Those are two very interesting theories. And I don't know which one's true. Mm -hmm. But nobody knows. And the experiment one, it's saying that William Lotsford, after he was turned into kind of a hybrid goat human creature, ran into the woods and no one ever saw him again. Oh. He just disappeared. Okay. That theory is so prevalent that the Agricultural Research Center actually had to come out with oh. a statement, a, a public statement, saying that it is not true. <laughs> but also, I, I mean, like you know, the of government covers up a lot of stuff. Yes. So even if it was true, but I'm just, you know, saying. What, which theory do you think it is? If I had to pick one, I would probably say it was a science experiment. Okay. That's one I would go with. I just like the first one just because I just like the idea of him having a reincarnation go all wrong and... I feel like it's definitely the most urban legendy, the first yeah, one. And that might be why I like yeah. that one. Yeah. So the first sighting of the goat man dates back to 1957. Oh, this but, isn't like a newer thing. No. Oh, okay. But it was just physically someone saw him. Oh, that would be uncomfortable. I saw that picture. Um, but the earliest reports of any violence took place in the 1960s. So the first story was a young couple was on Fletchertown Road, probably at Lover's Lane. That's what I was going to ask. And they were being bothered by something in the woods. They couldn't tell mm. what it was, but something just kept like rustling in the bushes and making a bunch of noises and birds were flying away. And it was like, you know, clearly there was a disturbance. Yeah, something was happening. So the man got out to check out to see what was going on. What a great man. He went into the woods and he never came back out. Oh. So the cops the next day went to look for him, and they found his severed head hanging from a tree. Now I feel really bad making that he was a great man. What happened to the girl? I... Okay. She went home. Oh, oh, I just... (laughs) I was just wondering just because she was fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, The second encounter seemed to be a lot more violent. More violent than a severed head. It was 12 children and two adults who went hiking in the Fletchertown Road woods, and they were never seen again. So the day after, the search party had gone out to look for them, and they had found a trail of blood leading to a cave and half-eaten limbs just kind of spread out across the forest. I just, I, how many people again? 12 kids and two adults. Yeah, that's okay. I just wanted to make sure that I was clear that that was 14 people Mm -hmm. and lots of nothingness to come from that anymore, huh? It says that he wields an axe a lot of the time. Okay. Um, You know, probably because he is still human, so he can do that. I was going to say, does he have, he has hands? Yeah. Okay. I forget. Yeah, he has hands like a human because his torso Torso. is human. That's right. Sorry. Um, There was a lot of goat in him, so I couldn't remember what was. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. It's very creepy. Uh, And the first story that started kind of gaining traction was in 1971. Wait, hold on. That other story did not gain traction? No, because it was just, like, like local. Okay, okay. Um, Just kind of kept in the oh. community of, like, Bowie and probably okay. select communities around it. Okay, all right. But the first one to kind of gain traction outside of Bowie in the immediate area, there was an article written by a woman named Karen Hosler, and she wrote this article about the Edwards family, 
who had lost their dog. Am I not going to like this story? I mean, it's not great. The whole thing is not great. But they found the dog a couple days later with his head gone. So the body was there, but the entire head of the dog was just gone. And they connected it to the goat man because a group of 16-year-olds, including the Edwards daughter, had heard some strange noises the night the dog went missing. And they saw a large creature standing on its hind legs. Yeah. So they, you know, thought maybe that could, because it's kind of the MO to just take the heads and run. That story got picked up by the Washington Post, which was kind of why it gained, like, notoriety. I see. Okay. And fame. And after that had happened, a lot of teenagers would start going out every night and searching for him. Okay. Because they're teens. Right. And they would have parties called goat man parties where they would just go go party in the woods and like hope to see the goat man or, you know. I'm going to guess somebody dressed as a goat too. I don't know. Okay. Maybe. I, you know, it's, it was a really strange time. So there is a middle school called St. Mark Evangelist. Okay. And for 30 years, there's been an abandoned house behind it. And rumors say that the goat man has been seen in and around it. Okay. And of course, like, people will go in it because they're feeling daring. Yeah. There has been bones, knives, saws, and, like, leftover food sitting in the house. Uh, Yeah. So all some creepy stuff that should not be there. Yeah. Yeah. And so they think that that's part of the goat man and where he could be living, where he could be hiding out. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I don't know if I've ever told you the story, but I used to be in a band and we went to write a new album. Whatever you're going to say, no. I Okay. We went to an island. So we had uh-huh. to canoe out there. It was up at Waiwiga. Okay. We found this weird little house right in the middle of an island. It was just this this square but it had bars around the windows um, and there was like children's toys outside like a little trike and things and of course the boys went in well yeah which i was i i've, I've seen enough horror movies yeah but obviously if everyone's going in i'm gonna go in oh okay and there was a little cot that was perfectly made but mm-hmm. there was pots and pans left out there was like shoes on the ground the it looks like someone had or is there. I don't like it. We found a bone saw. <laughs> and, like, again, this is on an island. So yeah. it's not like there's hunting or whatever. It's on an island. And all the grass around it was really grown out. There was vines going up the side. Hmm. And one of the guys took the bone saw with them. Okay. Which, I mean, that's bad juju. I was going to say, I don't know that I care for the. No, any horror movie I've seen, it's bad news. Yeah. Yeah, so one of them took the bone saw with them, which is really shady. I did not end up staying... I did not end up staying the night there. Oh. Because I had to go to a bachelorette party that night. I'm going to say that that might be a good plan (laughs) to not spend the night. And... Just thought... We were going to write an album based around an urban legend near there, and I really wish I could remember what it was, because I remember it was... I think it was um, some kind of, like, wit I don't know, but I think that would be really cool to hear about. Yeah, I'll try to look it up to figure it out, but... When I read this about the abandoned house, that's what I thought of. Because that's really what it looked like. Oh. It, it looked like someone just pieced out of there. But it was also like bars on the window and like yeah. boarded up. Oh. Boarded up windows so you couldn't see in or out. And it didn't look like anyone had been there for a while, but it looked like they left in a hurry, kind of. Yeah. 
Ooh, yeah. That's like literally horror movie. Yeah, so I canoed. I had to canoe back by myself, which is really hard canoeing what? by yourself. I can't. The do bachelorette that. party was fun though, so Oh, okay. All right. All right. You know, I'm not It mad was about worth it, it, but yeah. Yeah, okay. The anything happened to the guys? Did they say anything? No. No, okay. as far as I know, nothing. Okay. <laughs> just thought just thought I'd check just cuz, you know. Yeah, it was it was very spooky. That sounds um, it. But from what I've heard, there's still sightings of the goat man today. Oh. Uh, they said that they've seen a creature, kind of animal, kind of human, walking on its hind legs. And as far as I know, there hasn't been any murders recently, but... That's a plus. Yeah. <laughs> but people still see it. So, and I don't know if that's because they're looking for it or... Yeah. They've got a, they've got their eye on it and they're trying to find it. So that was my topic for the week. I like that. I had not heard ever of that one. And I, you guys will enjoy that picture because that is... That's spooky. <laughs> you know, I like it. It is very spooky. Uh, do you have any last words that you want to say before? Um, Let's see. I don't know. I mean, I'm good today. I'm, I like my catacomb story. Yeah. But now I got to think of something for next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So time to research again. Yes. Uh, follow us on Instagram. It is something seems queer. We're also on Stitcher and Spotify. Uh, any support, any share, any like, anything would be super, super appreciated. Like extra appreciated. Uh, besides that, I hope everybody had a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Arrest the cops that killed Brianna Taylor. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>